The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmilzer. So on today's podcast, we'll talk about the good, bad, and ugly of facial recognition, mainly really focusing on where is facial recognition being used in some of the interesting places and good places and ways it's being applied. Maybe some of the challenges with facial recognition and, of course, ways that we can be making facial recognition systems better. Right. So facial recognition technologies and the topic in general has gotten a lot of interest lately. For people that have been following our podcast or following the news, you may be very well aware that facial recognition technology is very, very heavily used in China. And you can say, okay, well, that's great. But it's also being used in the United States, in Europe, and many, many other countries as well. So we haven't had a podcast that's you know, devoted a lot of time to this. And we thought that it was really important because some of our listeners have been asking for it. And also it's, you know, at the forefront and we're really starting to see this come on more and more. And so it's a really important topic to think about and say, okay, you know, like Ron said, what are some good use cases for it? What are some not so great use cases for it or where people may have a little bit of caution? And then how do we make sure that we as a society are asking the right questions? Mm And, you know, it's creeping into our everyday lives. So if you bought the most recent Apple iPhone, for example, how do you unlock it? You can unlock it with your face. You don't have to, but that's one of the features for it. And it even has a specialized chip that's built into it to speed up the processing of facial recognition and other neural network models. And so the fact that it's like part of our everyday lives, it's part of there. And we're we're starting to see it in facial biometric access. If Mm -hmm. If you fly internationally, a lot of airports now are using facial biometrics to expedite the immigrations and customs process. If you fly to Australia, for example, it's at every major port of entry there, and it's even being used in the the United States. You fly in through LAX and other places, you're just going to start to see it. So it is here. This is not even theory. This is not like, you know, the minority report. This is actually part of our everyday lives. And people are using it also very kind of, I don't want to say trivial, but they're using it in like really, you know, basic ways. There was some news recently about an airline that's installing cameras in the entertainment units and the seat backs, which of course has a lot of people up in arms, but it was going to use facial recognition just to see if you've fallen asleep. It's really more of almost like a, it's like a jet form of gesture recognition where it's just seeing are your eyes closed and then maybe it'll turn off the lights and turn off the entertainment unit for you so it doesn't bother you and all your companions in the middle of those long flights and like, why does that one person have their light on? So, you know, it's innocuous in some ways, but it has a lot of people interested. And so, you know, there's a lot of interesting, there's some positive use cases that really are useful for facial recognition. So let's talk about some of those use cases. So one use case, you know, that comes to mind is facial recognition in the use of law enforcement. It can be incredibly powerful in a positive way to help assist with public safety. So it may be able to, you know, track and profile and identify individuals in public spaces where police aren't always able to be, you know, omnipresent. And it also, we had touched upon this in another podcast about how it's helping with missing and exploited persons, where if, you know, there's a person that's missing, it's able to, facial recognition technology can be used to help try and identify that person, say that they're, you know, being trafficked through an airport or certain things like that, you can use that. So those are some pretty positive use cases where it can help bring back a loved one that went missing. 
Yeah, and and also there's many positive use cases for facial recognition. Of course, you're starting to see them in applications such as payment applications where you can pay with your face. Of course, the use of facial recognition for things in retail, the emergence of Amazon Go is really focusing on the use of image recognition and camera technology, not necessarily your face per se on taking something off of a shelf and putting Mm -hmm. it in your bag and then walking out the door. But the use of tracking you as an individual and part your face just to distinguish, you know, different consumers from each other, right? Right. And we also talked about, you know, biometric access. And so we know that there are certain companies out there and companies as well that are really pioneering this. And now instead of having to punch in and punch out with a time clock, you can just put your face in front of a camera and it'll automatically recognize you and know as you're coming and leaving. So you no longer need to be you know, entering your badge number for access or scanning something. This can also help with security in buildings so that only authorized personnel have rights and access into certain areas. And you don't need to worry about someone Mm -hmm. stealing a badge or gaining access when they shouldn't. Yeah. And we don't like to necessarily call it specific vendors because there's lots of great companies working on lots of things. But we have seen, for example, companies like Kairos who have been using uh, facial recognition for time clocks, which is basically punching in and punching out and registering yourself. There's been a lot of cases of what's called time theft when people have like, you know, taken someone else's card or punched in for them, even though when they're I not think actually about, at work. Like, the Sopranos. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of activity there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't just happen. People do it all the time. Like, you know, they go on lunch and they don't want to, you know, let someone else punch in or punch out for them. So, you know, using your face is a really interesting way of doing it. And there are many people who are looking at that sort of thing. Of course, lots of uses in security, as Kathleen mentioned, which has both a positive and a negative side. People using facial recognition to help provide security at large events and at large situations where maybe... Large events, concerts, anything where there's large gatherings of people and it's not always easy to have, you know, a police presence and and feet on the ground to see everything that's going on. Of course, you know, using it, you know, once you're past security, now airlines are using it for check-in and boarding and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's actually some of these latter cases that have given people some cause for concern because the use of facial recognition in law enforcement, especially when you're trying to identify someone from, let's say, security camera footage and trying to make it a positive identification is fraught with all sorts of risks, given that machine learning is never providing a guaranteed answer on anything, right? Right. So, you know, we always have to be careful about some of the misuses of this technology as well. So what happens when it misidentifies someone and it, you know, flags you and somebody comes over to you and pulls you out of the crowd or it won't give you access to something because maybe it's misidentified you or it wasn't able to pick up on you. So there's those things that you have to be cautious of. And also, what if a hacker gets in and, you know, they can recognize your face and hack into systems because of that. Right. Or like or find some way to like use your face to get access to something by presenting some image. Of course, there's ways around that by basically right. not using a static analysis, but by, you know, making you move your face. And so, you know, so you can multi-factor and you can, you know, thwart systems that are, you know, you have to be three-dimensional to make that work. So, or you have to somehow replicate that with video, which is a possibility. So there's like, there's all these ways, it's, mm-hmm. it's a constant battle between the hacker and the, you know, cybersecurity and security, but there's concerns about that. And, uh, or like just messing with the system to mess with that. People have built all sorts of adversarial attacks on machine learning systems where you can make the system not even recognize, see that you have a face. So you can bypass security by right. fooling it to not be a, a pay attention to that. 
But of course, there are other issues with this when we talk about this in the law enforcement context, especially because these systems do have bias. This data can be biased, meaning that you have to train these systems with data. And there have been some studies that have shown that, especially with facial recognition, these error rates can be profound. Right. So, you know, we always like to harp on our podcasts about data, data, data. Data is the heart of AI. And so whenever you're using data to train a system, you want to make sure that you are using unbiased data, which can be incredibly difficult to get, especially for certain situations, depending on where this data pool is coming from. Sometimes you don't always spot that there's bias in your data right away. You know, a researcher at the MIT Media Labs actually did a research study on this and found that Facial recognition technology has biases and it was uh, based on skin tone so that and this has to go back to training data so that for fair skinned individuals, it was much better at recognizing that than it was for darker skinned individuals. It actually showed that 35 percent of black women in the study were misidentified by prominent facial recognition systems. Thirty five percent. That's pretty high. That's about a third. A third of people were not, you know, properly identified. Yeah. And if obviously this is for, you know, identifying people. So if police are using these particular systems, for example, and they're depending on, let's say they have security camera footage and they're like, okay, I'm going to use the facial recognition system to identify the individual. And it Mm -hmm. comes back as like, I think it's this individual. And they're like, okay, that's the proof we need. And they go and they're like, well, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even there. It's like, well, I have the video and the video identified you like, yeah, but the facial recognition system wasn't accurate. This would actually be in legal terms. This would actually be a valid defense because you can point to studies like this one and say that yes, these systems do not or cannot be guaranteed to be accurate. And for those of you that, you know, have followed this in general, like th- these sort of have been valid defenses for things like speeding as well. So you have speeding cameras and for a while speeding cameras, those things weren't accurate and you could just, the good defense was that the technology wasn't that accurate. Now the technology got more accurate. It's a little harder of a defense to use. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it is a valid one now. And, and in, unless facial recognition systems can find some way to be 99 to 100%, or you can never be 100%, but right. 99.999% accurate for all people of all types, of all ages, of all, you know, of all ethnicities, then it's very hard to use this in any context. You can, at the best, you can just use it where you don't need to have that guarantee of accuracy because maybe two people with the same boarding pass, maybe that kind of look alike. Hopefully there's no confusion there. But of course, there may be. So that's the problem with facial recognition technology is its accuracy rate. Right. And so, you know, we talk about AI, it's probabilistic, not deterministic, means that you're never going to get 100% accuracy. But at what threshold do you say, okay, well, if it's 99% accurate or it's 95% accurate, then I'm going to go with it. And I think that this is, you know, these are questions that people need to be asking and companies need to be asking if they're going to be introducing this technology and relying on it so heavenly, heavily. Governments, law enforcement agencies, you know, everybody that's going to be using this technology needs to make sure that they understand where their data is coming from, that these models are being trained on, and how, what threshold of accuracy are they going to accept? Because, you know, humans are not 100% accurate mm-hmm. either. We want to pretend that we are, but we're not 100% accurate. Right. So, you know, what threshold will we allow these systems to yeah. Be. yeah, one of the interesting ideas, we haven't really necessarily seen much movement on this in 2019, but maybe this is something for 2020. Maybe we should have been part of our predictions podcast. If you haven't listened to our prediction podcast, you should go back and listen to our predictions for AI in 2020 and, of course, our look back to 2019. And it's something we also spend a lot of our time talking about when we talk about data. We spend a lot of that time talking about that in our training, especially in our CPMAI, our Cognitive Project Management for AI, CPMAI training, which is a methodology for running AI projects. And for those people who have run AI projects, know that the core of any successful AI project is 
data management and running it properly. And you cannot have successful systems without good data management. And maybe some of these facial recognition companies that have project management and maybe need to, to tighten up their data management practices. So if you're interested in that, and you should definitely sign up for our training, which is offered in live virtual format all over the world. But as part of that data data management, you know, maybe maybe there's needs to be a creation of a benchmark for facial recognition. Maybe somebody out there, some government organization or some third party or some nonprofit needs to be measuring the accuracy. Maybe they have a gigantic database of like a billion images. I know it's a lot. But you can use that and because you know who's in the image. So these mm-hmm. are well-labeled images. And you can see how accurate these systems are at picking, matching the photo to the name. And that's actually a really simple benchmark to run, but it might be cool to show which of these recognition systems are doing well and maybe even using uh, images that are not in good quality. So you have multiple versions of that image from different angles and uh, kind of neat. I mean, we're speculating at this point, but it would be a good idea for that to happen if you're going to use these facial recognition systems in any sort of critical manner, right? And we've talked about this in a few other podcasts as well, but pretty famously a few years ago now, the uh, facial recognition system misidentified members of the U.S. Congress as criminals. And so people were like, oh, haha, that's funny. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe for this, this it was funny, but that's not funny if that was really you and you were misidentified as a criminal and police brought you in for questioning or police, you know, falsely arrested you. That's not funny. So, you know, there's real challenges to these technologies. Now, on the flip side of that, these technologies are moving forward and countries such as China are very heavily, very, very heavily investing in these technologies. And that's something that we need to be mindful of because people can say, well, I don't agree with facial recognition technology, so I'm just not going to use it. And I don't think that anybody should use it. But that's not how other people perceive this technology. So if you're not investing in it, if you're not moving forward with this, is this going to slow you down or give you, you as in your country or you as in your company, you as in whatever, a disadvantage? So these are really important questions to bring up. And like we said, this is a very hot and very opinionated market, Mm -hmm. facial recognition technology. So we thought it was important to have a podcast dedicated to this. If you'd like to learn more, you can always log into AIToday.live. Go there, sign up if you haven't. We have extra footage and extra podcasts on this, as well as we will be having webinars throughout the year on various Mm -hmm. topics. And we encourage you to go to AIToday.live, sign up, and you'll be the first to get notified of that. Yeah, we'll have some bonus episodes uh, for podcasts that you can listen to. You must be registered to access them. So just pointing out that it's free to register. Just that way we know that you're listening. Also, please do give us a good rating on the various podcast systems. We know that there's our listenership continues to grow and grow and we love all of you listeners. And so we would love to have always more. So give us some good ratings, good reviews. We'd love to hear from you. And if, and if you want to reach out to us, reach out to us as well. You know, if you send us an email at info at cognolitica.com or you go to our training page at cognolitica.com slash training or you, I think you can send an email to info at aitoday.live. Don't quote me on that, but give it, give it a try. We should be able to get it. Uh, regardless, we'd love to hear your feedback and get your insights and on how maybe facial recognition is being used in some interesting edge cases. Yes, and we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts.
Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.